it sounds like you guys are in for a lot of blessings. And it sounds like the Lord has been blessing you greatly by allowing you the opportunity to have the, uh, the radio station. And uh, I know that if you guys continue in your faith, that the Lord will bless that. Um, I have uh, a little presentation this morning. It was uh, doubt versus belief. So it kind of goes right on into with what uh, Brother Roy was saying here. And if you keep up your belief, there's nothing that the Lord won't to be able to accomplish here in your church and in on your island. Uh, there are a lot of things that take place in the world, and uh, just kind of go over a little bit because Brother Roy was talking about you guys building a new church. You know, please don't delay in your process with that, and I'll give you an example. Uh, down in the lower 48, you know, we have a problem with uh, inflation, and it hits all over the place, and I know that it, it hits up here as well. And the longer that you delay, the more it's going to cost you because there's the interest rates are going to do nothing but continue to go up. And so put your faith in what Christ has for you and in, in, in the process that he has put here for you guys. And be frugal with the Lord's money. Yes, he has uh, the cattle on a thousand hills, but that doesn't mean that we should not be frugal with, uh, with, with what the Lord gives us. So, the devil uses all of the tools that he has in his arsenal to keep man from the saving grace that comes from a relationship with our Father, God in heaven. And one of the first tools that he used was doubt. And he used that tool to confuse Eve back in the Garden of Eden. Uh, the question came from the serpent, and I'm going to go ahead and, and read uh, in chapter 3 of Genesis. If you want to start there with me, if you want to follow along, I'll uh, probably go through the, the, the first five verses there about uh, the things that, uh, that the serpent spoke with Eve about. But one of the big reasons man still does not come to the saving knowledge of Christ is unbelief or doubt. You can use either or in, in, that, uh, in that situation. And you cannot have a relationship with God if you do not believe. So in 1 John 5.13, it's written, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. So, as I was saying, uh, we'll... Start in verse number one of chapter number three. And it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God knoweth that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye will be as gods, knowing good and evil. So, Eve, in a moment of weakness, kind of doubted the word that the Lord had told her and went, uh, well, wait a minute here, let me take a look at this. Uh, yeah, it looks like it's a good piece of fruit. And it looks like it's pleasant to the eye. And yeah, it gives knowledge. 
and she picked up and she ate. That was the first use of doubt really in the Bible. And because of that, both Adam and Eve fell from God's grace. They broke the fellowship with God because God said, do not do this. And once you do that, basically you have committed sin and sin entered into, the, into fellowship with man. And man has been suffering from that from that point forward. Adam and Eve were basically perfect when God made them. And nothing was going to happen to them unless they broke that fellowship with God. And being the devil is the great deceiver, and he is the great corrupter. And anything that God has made, he tries to copy, and he tries to pollute, and tries to bring down. This is how he did it with man. So the children of Israel, they're the next ones that I'm going to talk to you about that had doubt. I'm going to probably talk about three... Uh, Three different types or three different groups throughout the Old Testament, Eve being the first, that suffered from doubt. And then I'm going to talk about three that were great in the faith and had belief. So we'll see that uh, in Exodus chapter 32, this is, uh, you know, after the Lord has done everything that he could possibly do for the nation of Israel after they had been created into a nation, and Pharaoh in Egypt had, not, uh, had, had been replaced and did not know Joseph, so the Lord used everything in his power in order to move the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, and they got to see the, and witness the miracles that he had for them when Moses went up on the mountain in order to get the law, the Ten Commandments, the children of Israel were sit down at the bottom and they go, well, where's Moses? Well, we don't know where Moses is, so let's, let's do something different. And if we start there at verse number one, it says, And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what has become of him. So they're going, hey, we don't know what's happened to Moses. And so right there, they're losing their faith just because they don't see him because he's up speaking with God. And Aaron, who should have known better because he was the mouthpiece for, for Moses in a lot of things and did a lot of things, he says, said unto them, Break off the golden earrings, which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people broke the earrings that which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron, and he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made it into a molten calf. And then said, these by thy gods, and it's got the little g here, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. So now they're substituting this golden calf for what Christ and or what God had done for them in the wilderness. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made provocation, a proclamation, excuse me, and said, Tomorrow is a feast unto the Lord. Well, while Moses is up there on the mountain, talking with God, getting the commandments and everything. The Lord is very wroth with them. He wanted to destroy the nation of Israel and start over with Moses. 
Moses basically went before the Lord and asked him not to destroy the nation of Israel. So when you think of this, and when I think of this, I think of the golden calf. And what kind of things do I use in my daily life that brings doubt between me and the Lord and that I substitute for the Lord? Um, And I'll bring up... uh, my son, for an instance, my son is a fisherman. He loves fishing more than anything else. So he'll put that fly rod in front of the Lord every single time he gets an opportunity, and that's what he worships. So uh, we still pray for him. We still ask him to, to come. But, you know, until the Lord works on his heart and gets him in a position where he's willing to believe and to come back, he's going to be worshiping at the altar of the trout stream. Um, the third group that I would like to talk about is still the nation of Israel, but this is just a little bit farther down in. If you go to Numbers in chapter 14, this is the culmination of where the Lord has them ready to go into the promised land. And they send in their spies in order to go ahead and spy out the land and to see what is in that land and that it's fruitful and it's a land of milk and honey. And the report comes back. There were 12 that went in and only 10 of them had a good, uh, had a negative report and only two had a good report. And the people of Israel decided to listen to the ten and not believe the report of the two. They did not believe that the Lord would deliver them, or would deliver this land of Canaan to them. So they're wroth. So in Numbers 14, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 14, or 1 through 11, excuse me. And it says, And the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be prey? Were it not better for us to return unto Egypt or into Egypt? And they said one another, let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. They wanted to go back into captivity. They thought that captivity was better than the land that, the God, that God had prepared for them, that God was ready to overthrow all of the inhabitants of for them. All they had to do was believe. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephun, hopefully I pronounced that right. I'm not real good at pronunciations with some of the Old Testament, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. Those were the two that reported that, hey, let's go in, let's take this. The Lord is with us, we can do this. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an excellent or exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. 
a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the, Lord, uh, the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones. So they wanted to stone them because they didn't want to believe. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation. <coughs> Excuse me. Before all the children of Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me for all the signs which I have showed among them? So, how many days were the spies in the land of Canaan? And how many, uh, how many years did the Lord make the children of Israel wander in the desert? Forty. For every day that they were in there was a year in the desert. So they had an opportunity. They could have entered into the promised land. So who did get to enter into the promised land? Do you know? Their children? I think it's, uh, don't quote me on this because I don't have the, the, the information right at my hand, but I think it was the age of 21 and under except for Caleb and Joshua, the two that believed. And they went in in their older age. Because of belief, they were blessed. So now we're going to go back to Genesis, and we're going to go back to chapter 22, because we're going to talk about a couple of them that had great faith in the Lord. And we're going to come to the very first one, the father of the nation of Israel, Abraham. And it is said that Abraham believed God, and because of his belief, the nation of Israel was formed. And in chapter 22, it says, It came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. And he says, Take now thy son, thy only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there, for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell of thee. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, and oh, and then if you drop down to verse 10, because that was the first two verses, the in between there is where Abraham and Isaac, they traveled there along with the servants, and then they left the servants behind, and Abraham took Isaac, and he took him up into the mountain. And when Abraham was about to slay his son, in obedience to God, God stopped him. And in verse 10, it would pick back up in verse 10, and Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and beheld. Behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for the burnt offerings instead of his son. So basically Abraham here 
is a picture of God our Father who offered up His only Son for our sanctification. The next two that I'd like to discuss are down in the book of Daniel. And I know that a lot of you will be familiar with these because they're, they're a hallmark in, in, in children's church. Daniel and the lion's den, and also Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And if we go to chapter 1, this is where you find that Daniel and the three others have their faith in, in God, Jehovah. Because they decide not to pollute themselves with the food of the king of Nebuchadnezzar, and they keep themselves pure. Where all the rest of the children of Israel that have been brought into uh, the kingdom that are working for the king, he has given them a certain amount in order to, assist, to sustain them for their subsistence. And they say, Please don't do that. We will eat this and prove us. And it says in chapter uh, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem, and he besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God, and he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And then if you go down, it says in verse 5, And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah unto whom the prince of the Enoch gave names. Daniel he named Belshazzar and Hananiah to, of Shadrach and to Mishael, Meshach and to Azariah Abednego. But Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the Enochs that he might not defile himself and asked basically, not to have this food. Now, the prince of the Enochs was worried that if their, uh, their countenance would not be the same as, uh, as the rest, if they didn't look like they were going to be healthy, that it would cost him his life. So Daniel asked him to prove them, and they gave him 10 days to do this. And when those 10 days were up, their physical appearance was in better shape than the appearance of the others that took the king's meat. So that was their first, basically, testimony to the, the, the prince of the Enoch and how they stayed pure to God. And I say that to bring us to the point where we go to chapter 3 where King Nebuchadnezzar, in his wrath, because of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it would not, oh, let's see here. Oh, maybe I'm getting too far ahead of myself here. No, I'm at the right spot, but I think I have to go to my Bible because I don't think I wrote everything out. 
So if you're in Daniel, give me a moment to catch up with you. Yeah, it talks about where King Nebuchadnezzar made the, uh, the image of gold, and I won't go into how big it was. It was very huge. It was out on the plains where everybody could see it. And when the music sounded, and it tells you which instruments were involved with it, everybody was supposed to fall down and to, to worship the image. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not. And they basically told the king that they would not. They were full of faith and they were willing to suffer Nebuchadnezzar's wrath because of it. And they said whether or not their God would would provide a way out for them or would not, they would not do this. They would not violate that covenant with their law with their their God. So Nebuchadnezzar had the the furnace heated up and he had it heated up so hot that those that threw them in died instantaneously next to it. I think it says he had it heated up ten times the amount of what it was supposed to be able to hold. If you've ever been near a fire, you know that when you get on one side of it, it gets so hot that you have to move around to the other side of it in order to be able to stand and be comfortable. Imagine what the mighty men who were afraid of Nebuchadnezzar ended up facing as they were to do that. And the three became loose inside the fire. And Nebuchadnezzar looks and he sees a fourth. Their faith was being in fellowship with God and he was there with them. And they were called out of the fire and the fire had not touched them. You could not smell the... Any, any flame that had been on him. And if you've been around a fire and you pull something out of it, you can smell that it's been burnt or it's been in, in heat. And all of those things took place. And now if you'll go down to chapter number 6, after Nebuchadnezzar has passed on and his son has lost the kingdom to the Medes and the Persh, Persian, Daniel who was in favor with the king at the time, ends up in the lion's den. And the king of the Medes and the Persians, he loved Daniel. And he was tricked into getting Daniel put in there because he made a decree. And once it's a decree in the the Medes and the Persians, it cannot be changed. So Daniel was in the lion's den. The Lord closed the mouths of the lions, and the next morning the king rushed. And if you can believe it, the king was there. He he fasted all night, so he had a relationship not only with Daniel, but a relationship with Daniel's God. And asked if Daniel was okay. And as soon as Daniel answered and they removed the stone and pulled him out, not only did they cast in those that had tricked 
the, uh, the king into creating the decree, but their whole family. So as you come into, if you think about it, when you sin, it doesn't just affect you, it affects your whole family. And this is one of those, those portions of Scripture where if you see from the Old Testament, if you did something as the head of the household, it affected the whole family. The whole family got thrown in. And the reason why I wanted to discuss these with you this morning is that uh, it points out how great a faith they had and how they were rewarded and revered for their faith in God. If you're a Christian, and I'm going to bring you to Hebrews 3.14, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginnings of our confidence steadfast until the end. So that means that once you accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, stay, stay steadfast in His Word, keep your eyes focused on Him, and you, nothing can come to, between you and Him. No matter what happens in this world, you will always have that personal relationship because we serve a risen Savior. Yes, ma'am. Romans 10:16 says, "But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah saith, Lord who hath believed our report." In there Paul is talking about his own people, the nation of Israel. How they are trying to find their own righteousness through the law even though Christ has come and is the fulfillment of the law. If you think about it, the nation of Israel has been around and is probably the only nation that we can point to that is still here. Every other nation has been either subjected or subjugated or has been brought in and out of another culture. The nation of Israel is the only one that has been set aside. They are supposed to be the priests of the whole world. They are supposed to be God's chosen people to show God's love and God's word to, to the Gentiles. In Luke 24.11, it says, And their words seem to them as idle tales, and they believe them not. So doubt even happens with the apostles, because this is the report that was taken back to the apostles after the empty tomb by the ladies that went to go ahead and apply the burial stuff to Jesus, and he wasn't there. Doubt happens with the, even with the apostles, and, you know, that's the reason why we have the name Doubting Thomas, because Thomas, who was with the Lord, was unwilling to believe until he saw the Lord. So how great does our faith have to be? Because we do not have the luxury of having him come and be with us, even though he lives today. And in uh, closing, I'd just like to say here that uh, in 2 Thessalonians 2.12, it says they, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. That statement right there is for all of the unbelievers. If you are a believer today, that statement does not touch you. And that is the reason why we are here today. We are here to, to reach out to the lost. 
we are out we are here to reach them so that way they don't have to see that hell was not made for man hell was made for satan and for his the angels that fell with him god does not send us there our unbelief takes us there with that brother roy if you like to uh, come up and kind of close this out, or I can do that before the next uh, the next thing. If you'll bow your heads with me, we'll pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessing that you've given us today, Lord. We thank you for your word and for what it speaks to our hearts. Lord, I just hope that I have done your word judgment and justice. And Lord, I know that you will keep in mind all of those that are here. Lord, I hope I have not misspoken anything and that the word that has been given here is the word that you wanted me to preach. And Lord, I thank you for your grace. We ask that your hand be upon this church. It's the report that has already been given is great, Lord, and that uh, the, the workings is working well. And Lord, we just ask you to bless it and continue it to grow. In your name we pray, amen.